0: Bloody Elbow presents the Show Money Podcast, the podcast covering the business side of combat sports in depth and provides continuous reporting on the antitrust suits the UFC is battling. The crew features Paul Gift, the economist, Jason Cruz, the lawyer, and John S. Nash, Bloody Elbow's chief financial columnist. Pay Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your experts.
1: Welcome to Show Money, the only show exclusively dedicated to the business of mixed martial arts. I'm Paul Giff, The Economist. With me, as always, we have Jason Cruz, our lawyer. I messed it up in the previous intro. And John Nash, the man who knows everyone and everything in MMA. It is Sunday, January 28th. We we pretty much record these on Sundays now, these days. Uh, and, and we'll try to get this out as soon as possible. And what we have on tap for today is basically um, we've all been talking about the UFC going to trial, going to trial, going to trial, but it's never been 100% certain until now, barring any settlement, which is probably unlikely to happen. But the UFC always had potential outs to avoid trial. Those outs are gone. Trial is happening April 15th in Las Vegas, two days after UFC 300. The timing is amazing. (laughs) Again, barring any settlement, They're basically going from UFC 300 on Saturday to a courtroom on Monday, and that will be four weeks long. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about uh, heading into that and what that might be like. And then the other big news related to PKO was that the WWE signed a 10-year, $5 billion deal with Netflix. So we'll talk a little bit about what that means for the UFC. As well as some of the things that have happened with Vince McMahon and The Rock is basically on not on the UFC's board, but on TKO board, which which is the uh, you know 51% owner, not TKO. Sorry, um, TKO's board as an Endeavor appointee. I take that back. I messed that up. He is as a WWE appointee. The uh, the Groupon guy was a WWE, was an Endeavor appointee, but he's on the TKO board overseeing the UFC. So we'll talk a little bit about what that means because we know he's also Project Rock, a uh a sponsor of the UFC as well. So we're gonna start with the um the antitrust trial. Uh summary judgment came out not too long ago. That is basically where the UFC was trying to avoid a trial, basically saying no reasonable juror will ever side with the plaintiffs and the judge, we kind of thought he was going to shot shoot that down. Uh he definitely did shoot it down. Jason let me toss it over to you to talk a little bit about that.
2: Okay, so a couple of clarifications. So from what I'm told the trial date is supposed to start uh April 8th. UFC 300 is April 13th. Uh so we'll Hey, see. hey, hey, hey. I was in
1: the room, buddy. You no, know, they, <laughs>
3: they postponed it a week the trial date. <laughs> oh,
1: thank posted. God because <laughs> I was in the room when he oh. changed the date. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, ooh, ooh. that's no. really going to start
2: on that day. Um, okay, <laughs> so um, also Zufa can really actually appeal the summary judgment. Uh, they could ask for a motion to reconsider or, motion, or, or uh, appeal to the Ninth Circuit. Both of those things are futile and probably would not work. So, that, yes, we are probably heading toward... Uh, uh, a uh, trial, um, as Paul said, since he was in the room, uh, <laughs> April fifteenth or whatever. It's, do your
1: cat. I will just tell you really quick. He said he said like a few of those days, the week of April eighth, he had something come up, so he needed to push it back. That's what he said.
2: Excellent, excellent. Because Judge Bulwer is very on on top of things. Okay, so <laughs> um, summary judgment motion. As you, everyone probably noticed. Uh, judges don't want to fucking do shit again. So he basically copied and pasted what his his order was from August and said, listen guys I already did this. So uh, Zufa's argument was essentially that they were making this uh, argument that they had not uh, tried the merits based upon the standards under motion for summary judgment, which as the lawyers know, rule 56 uh, and Judge Buller was like, "No, man, I did, I did." Uh, and so, again, uh, he essentially uh, uh, he essentially made the ruling in August with the class action certification, basically indicating that there was a dispute enough disputed issues of fact that it should go before a jury. Uh, now, with there was also the motion to exclude a singer. Um, Guy Davis and Zimbalist, I think Guy Davis probably wasn't decided at that point, but at this point, Singer and uh, Zimbalist, he basically said the same thing where he already decided the the reasonableness of uh, their testimony and the indications that they were providing expert opinion well within the realms of the law, uh, Evidence Rule 702, also known as the Dobbett Rule. He indicated that that was going on. Zuba had argued this hokey-fokey thing about, you know, the, the standards have changed, and now the judge has to be more of the gatekeeper to the jury, and... And Judge Bulwer was like, listen, bro, this is just, uh, this was just a clarification, not a change of the rule. So nice try, Zufa, but that's not going to work with you, work with me either. Uh, So it really was uh, a victory for uh, the plaintiffs simply because uh, they didn't, there was nothing new or on the side, or meritorious for Zufa in this particular uh, uh, order. Uh, there's nothing that 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 they really won on. There's nothing that they really uh, aided them. The fact that they tried to, again. We we talked about earlier that they tried to slide in a new expert based upon the fact that Singer's testimony was rebuked in the Epic Games Google case. Well, uh, well, the uh, uh, Judge Bowler just said squash that we're going to we're going to bring it in anyway so uh, uh so what are what are our findings what 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 can we call decide for this basically judge we we are heading toward uh, a trial in which either judge bulware is going to make a lot of decisions from the bench evidentiary wise or it's going to be a free-for-all like there's going to be just like bring it bring anything you want to to, to include into the testimony. Why am I saying this? Judge Boulware has not made a decision in which he is excluding any information at this point. If you are Zufa, you are probably uh, wondering what is this judge going to do? Is he going to monitor, police any of this information? If you're the plaintiff, you're happy because he has at least from this perspective, ensured that the testimony of Singer will likely be included unless they go off the off the way off the rails. Uh so that's helpful. He's also made sure that Zufa doesn't bring any last minute expert opinions to rebuke uh doctor singer's uh testimony. so uh, so uh, all wins for for plaintiffs in this case if i was zupa i go i would oh, i would head straight to trial i wouldn't do any of these motions for reconsideration or anything like that. uh and so again uh plaintiff, plaintiffs win and and it looks like we pack our bags for april 15th do your taxes first though. <laughs>
1: Definitely do your taxes first. Let me ask you a clarification question on that, Jason. When you say make a lot of decisions evidentiary wise, what do you mean by that?
2: So they have to introduce all this stuff. Uh, So testimony, things like that at, 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 uh, at trial. So if they were going to introduce his expert report, Zuper would still make a make their uh, preserve their grounds for appeal by objecting to it. He'd make a decision at the bench, which would probably be that comes in. Now, if there's in if there's questions or other sorts of evidence that they would like to provide, like graphs or any of those indexes or exhibits that were included, maybe some of the. Um, things we've seen in the bloody elbow, articles about the emails, things of that nature. they Those would also be have to be introduced as evidence because anything, everything that's introduced as evidence and admitted is something the jury can consider. Other things that we've seen like uh, emails, texts, things like that, they're going to have to introduce it and provide uh, a reason why it has to go before the jury. Now, Obviously, if you're your plaintiff's going like, hey man, this is going in. If you're Zuper, you still fighting truth and nail to make sure that this stuff comes goes out. Why why do why would Zooper fight these things? Because each each exhibit, each piece of thing, each piece, I mean, each piece of text, uh analysis from an expert, uh, emails, the Dana White, uh the, the Dana White texts, things of that nature can influence a jury and determine whether or not it was anti- anti-competitive means uh, and a violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act for which uh, Zufa would be guilty. And it would also go toward a damages claim. So like if they say, we, you know, we held back so-and-so X amount of dollars, you know, that, that just starts to add up. If you're Zufa, you're trying to fight from all of this information to get in. So the jury can consider it at the time they deliberate at the end you could take notes and things like that but you're not supposed to consider uh like out, extra, ex, uh, extraneous stuff so that's what i'm that's why i'm saying there's still an evidentiary fight uh at the time of trial i also could be wrong and they they just introduce everything and but uh i think that that would be kind of a what you call a shit show but yeah so that's <laughs> that uh, mm-hmm. that's why i say they they still have to do like they do at trial and ev- introduce evidence and things like that
1: Oh, that, that meant, so just for when I was, when I was listening in the room, he was saying, I'm looking at my notes right now, objections should be their own motion, testimony, testimony, exhibits, et cetera. And then he was like, no page limits. It helps for you all to say more so I can make a better decision. So you're talking about that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. So they, they like. so that you can't just object because they're out of order or whatever. You have to make a found an objection based on like email. So, um. It, no, or uh, I think a better, uh, a better um, example would be where Dana, the famous in the in the complaint, where Dana White's holding the tombstones, saying, you know, rest in peace, pride, rest in peace. So the plaintiffs could introduce a picture like that and say, this is, uh, this is um, an example of Dana White wanting to crush all these, all of these. Um, Companies, uh, anti competitively, you know, or you know, the, just proof. And Zupper would object and say, Listen, no, that is not that is far from what that's taken out of context. It's not Dana White, uh, c- c- celebrating the, trying to kill these companies, it's the fact that he is winning a battle of the businesses and he has won, uh, won in terms of uh, the fans have determined that they're a better company and now these companies are out of business. So different I mean I mean, we could get into that when we get close to the trial, and uh but yeah it i I remember just when I used to litigate cases, it was it, it's just another thing to think about. It's like you have to introduce all these pieces of evidence so people can make so the jury or the judge can make that decision. so uh we, we could go over with that in another another example. Uh, when I'm more lucid, but like, or studied up my evidentiary rules a little better. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that that's definitely one of those things where, when he's saying to explain more, he's saying I'm objecting because it is hearsay, and it's uh, you know the emails uh, shouldn't go to the fact that they're trying to kill the company. It's just that it goes to whatever X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Oh, well,
3: Tom, let's have you jump in here. Well, I was gonna ask Jason a question. Maybe you can answer this. Jason, isn't it true that um because of the only on decision, he cites it several times, because of the only on decision, that in many ways now it's being left more of the evidence is being left up to the jury. And so it's harder. the the standard is let's say more it's a lower bar to clear on class cert, lower bar to clear, and that the that, that evidence is now presented to the jury in the trial. I think that's what the they
2: so, yeah, so, I mean, that's, I mean, only, I mean, it also speaks to the broader issue of uh, how much judges should intervene in these particular types of civil cases in which, uh, you know, th- they're going to introduce all this evidence and Zupper will say it's prejudicial. You know, you get, the, the fact that he's holding up tombstones doesn't really mean that he did, he killed these companies illegally. He killed these companies because he was just better. Uh, so um, and and so, it, it, yeah, it goes to the fact that like Bullware is mainly allowing all of this information to come in, so that the jury can decide. And obviously, if you are Zufa, you want you want to limit the number of people to decide this because it's easier to persuade uh, persuade one judge. Than twelve jurors, right? So you have to tell you, so you have to argue to the judge that it's better to make that decision for the jury. So So the jury is limited to the amount of information that they are open to, right? So you don't want a jury to see all of this information about all these emails where they're like, where, where they're like. Foreclosing on these on these uh, on these fighters, and they're fighting over a thousand dollars, but they got they have millions and millions of dollars. You don't want to have that a jury see that because the jury won't even think about the law; they'll just think about, up why are they why are they doing this to these fighters?" I mean, they have a lot of money. Why why don't they give? I mean, and they're growing each year, but they're still keeping these fighters down at this this X level. That's what the, you know. That's and if you're Zufa, you want to just show that hey, these this e- those emails don't is not just a part of the business, but it's not uh it's not a whole of what we're doing. We are investing in these fighters. We're making sure that uh, we. Uh, are allowed to market them over a certain period of time, so we allow, so we can make sure that they're stars on ascendancy. and that's what I mean. That's what they're going to argue. That's what Zuper would argue. But again, it, it would go to the fact that yes, uh, Olean seems to be on the within the line of uh, of cases that allow for a little more uh, openness when uh, the tri- for the trier tri- of fact to consider.
1: Yeah. The, the part that surprised me was Oleon is a, about class cert and you're supposed to tighten up your standards and summary judgment. And he didn't do that. He was just like, no, oh, I did this before. Right. That, well, he, that's the part that surprised
2: me. He, I think he made that comparison where Oleon was like 88% of the, uh, of the class certified class was injured. Whereas here in Zupa, the Zupa case, it's 99% of the lead, lead plaintiffs that are injured. Something of that, of that. So he's saying that's more. There's more here than actually in the, in the Olean case. So he's he he made that that particular comparison. So
1: yeah, there were things that like. So you guys know that I don't think the plaintiff's case from an economic perspective is very strong, uh, and I know that sounds weird because the UFC is so huge, but the expert work that was done in it. But there were things where I was surprised the judge didn't. he's he just he needs to gatekeep a little bit. It's like. He agreed that the median career length is 10 months, but then goes uh, to the extent that UFC argues that these figures and then it's like that next part didn't matter, blah, 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 or that careers are so short, the length of contract is unimportant. That goes to the weight of the findings rather than invalidating plaintiff's evidence as a matter of law. So he's like basically saying, I'm going to let the jury decide whether 10 months contracts and not 10 months contracts, sorry, 10 month careers. Uh uh can foreclose competitors. But that's where we're gonna get in the intricacies of like you were talking about, Jason. Like jury's so gonna be like, what the hell is foreclosure? And what's with all this data and these numbers and this, that, and the other? Uh, and so I was just surprised that he didn't gatekeep a little bit on some of that stuff. He's basically he basically let everything go to the jury, he didn't uh, limit like a single thing, <laughs> which was which was shocking to me. I thought there would be some things he'd be like, okay, I'm just going to decide this now and then we'll go to trial. But, but there was I, like nothing,
3: nothing. Honestly, I almost think that might be for the, the defendant's benefit because he's basically saying the, whatever the plaintiffs present, we're going to present in trial, it sounded like. And, and some of that stuff you're like, well, some of it's not the strongest stuff we're going to present. I would think the defendants would like some of that stuff in there to make an argument. If he had, if he had held it up and said, we are not going to, I'm going to gatekeep on this, the, defend, the plaintiffs might be like, woo. Thank God, because that's a harder thing to that that that's a harder example. I mean, like the the length of contract one personally, if if I was them, and this is I've you know I did that whole video about my own opinion of why the UFC is a monopoly. I think the easiest thing to point out is it's not the 10 month contract; it's that you're under contract for a limited time as the but the further your career goes along, the longer the contracts get. That to me is, is much more a smoking gun than the, than the, the length of 30 month contract for everybody. No, it's the longer contracts are the guys that are more valuable, which would be the opposite. Would you assume if you're building people, if the UFC is making the point we put effort to build these guys up. Well, you build people up in the beginning when they get valuable, there's no more building up. They should be using their ability to have actually shorter contracts. If you see it in boxing, beginning guys have long ass contracts. For years, because they spent money building them up, right? They have all these extensions. and go, but when you get to the top, guys like Canelo signs a three-fight major deal with uh with Golden Boy, not with Golden Boy with PBC. The other guys signs two-fight deals. You know, so, you know, the basically short deals become much more common amongst the top guys for large amounts of money because they have more power. So I I would think that the better argument to make is yes, when the people get more valuable. Let's put it on a graph. Look, the higher they get. in In fact, they even did. The UFC did that himself in their own lender presentation. Our champions are locked up longer than everybody else. Our top guys are locked up longer than everybody else.
1: Right. No. No. So it's an interesting point you make, John. And like from what I remember, I don't think the plaintiffs ever did anything of that. If you remember, they started not even talking about the marquee guys. They just talked about all elite MMA fighters, right? And then it was later on, it was like midway through the case where they started talking about the marquee guys, not in the, originally, but I don't think they ever did any analysis about the marquee guys
3: themselves. I don't remember that. So, yeah, they, so I, I mean, and I we should say one, and one defense was they hadn't done discovery yet. So maybe yeah. they had waited before they started bringing them up. But still, I think that's the stronger evidence is that you start locking fighters up and the more valuable you get, they get locked into longer and longer contracts. They have less leverage to take advantage of their, their, you know, the power at that point, because the other thing you do is just point out, look at the, in the depositions, you look at it. Joe Silva says repeatedly, we put top guys at the top of cards. We want champions. So Dana White says it too. We want champions. We want high ranked fighters at the top of cards. That's what we want. We want those guys there. That's what sells. And then you look at, okay, that's important. That's the driver of all this. And you just, all you have to do is look at their events, the last 100, 200, whatever. Everything they've done is basically nothing but the very top guys at the top of the card. And then look at, okay, what now? Let's look at their contract. Oh, they have the very longest contracts. They're locked up before they can get to that top spot.
0: John,
1: I mean. John is trying to be like, you know, the UFC tried to add that expert at the very last second. John's like trying to add. <laughs> I'm just
3: I just saying I did a playton should did, add John at they, the very they, last second. <laughs> they did all they had to do is watch the video I made several years ago <laughs> and went walk through this. So it's not like I'm adding anything new. It's just it's it's something I'm just kind of amazed at. It's like that just seems the most you just you just you got me going because you brought up nope. the Yeah.
1: No, I'm I'm amazed that they never did again, I don't think I'm wrong. Uh, they never did any analysis of, of know, what do we call them? Elite marquee, whatever
3: fighters, did they? I don't think they did. Yeah, I don't know if they did or not. I'd have to look through. Yeah. There's so much. I mean, so much was unredacted. I've been trying to go through the reports, but, yeah. you know, they it's, it's you know, I'm, I, Jason can probably vote for it. It's dry reading.
2: No, it's I fall asleep. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, like I said, guys, I, I, I don't have time to go through all of this stuff. This is, this is, I don't get paid for that. I used to get paid for stuff like that, but I, I don't get paid this... that much. Okay, Joe, so, oh, I'm sorry. So just, just, no, sorry to cut you off, but I just wanted to make a clarification. Zupa introduced, tried to introduce the expert, Doctor Gregory Leonard, uh, and but Judge Bulwer he 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 indicated he struck that and said that he couldn't because Zupa was did not indicate uh, that the introduction of him was uh, was justified or uh, harmless to the plaintiffs. Obviously, the plaintiffs brought that motion; they brought a motion saying, you know, hey, you can't bring this guy. It's too late. You're supposed to disclose them a long time ago. And so there's, they said they'd be prejudiced by this. And there's no justification for it because there's no new new evidence to provide him other than the fact that that, that Google case, the Epic Games Google ca- uh, case decision had gone down and Singer was a part of it. So there you go. Just to clarify yeah. you know, a little bit.
1: <laughs> oh, and I was just going to throw in. It's really interesting when we talk because we all have our different perspectives, right? Jason is is the lawyer right i don't i don't know if you ever worked on an antitrust case before but you deal in legal cases all the time right i i was the expert witness support for antitrust cases so i i approach it from the expert witness perspective and john kind of approaches it i'm assuming i think we can agree, agree tell me if i'm wrong john but from like the the human element and what will resonate with the jury <laughs> <laughs> about about like the the facts of mma I, I feel like
3: <laughs> sort of. Yeah. More like the, the, the know-it-all that won't shut up. Yeah. That's yeah. kind yeah, yeah. what you're trying to get at. Yes. No.
1: But, it but it, from my perspective, it's really interesting that, you know, even though I've worked on these things, not a lot of cases go to trial. um Right. A lot of them get dismissed. A lot of them uh, either end on a class certification or end on summary judgment or settle. So you don't actually go to a trial and, and, and like, for the expert part, it's very technical stuff. Like if people are listening to this, imagine there's going to be days where we're talking about regressions and variables and this, that and the other and wage share and wage levels and and uh, and what's correlated with what. And like and again, and, and foreclosure, the judge doesn't even seem to understand that foreclosure is of competitors, not of fighters. Right. So there's um, and you have to convince the jury of this. So I just, I don't know. I have no idea how this is going to go down now, even well, though I've no, already no. announced it.
3: In their argument, they're though, and they're their completely the saying, the foreclosure includes foreclosure on fighters, right? On headliners, the top 15. Say what? Their, their foreclosure, their model includes the foreclosure on fighters, the top 15. How many are locked out of the market? That's what they're claiming.
1: Well, no, but, but the essence of being foreclosed is against competitors. So the, the mechanism for foreclosure in this case is the general phrase would be called a critical input. The idea is you're taking something that's critical that your competitors need and you're locking it up and you're keeping it from them. So when you talk about fighters, they're the ones being locked up, but not, but locked up away from competitors, right? So, so that's when, when they talk about like the percentage of a fighter's career, that's an emotional element, but what matters is, you know, how many fighters are becoming available to competitors, no matter what the percentage of their career is locked up. Right, so so you can just get rid of the phrase "fighter" and call it critical input. You're keeping something critical from your competitors that they
3: need to compete. That's the idea, and that to me, that's the easiest. That's what they should be focused on too, because that's to me, that's pretty easy. If you look, if you look from a political point of view, this has been all argued in Congress over boxing. I would just break out the same thing. All you got to do is point out that they the UFC had this percentage of fighters and there's this percentage available of top guy because the business works on top guys top guys have to compete otherwise there's you know the t- that's why I point out I I I chart all the top guys and say oh, how much do they make well look top guys make more than other guys and then okay the UFC how many top guys they have well they bought pride then their top guys went from 30 to 60% they bought uh strike force their top guys went from 60 to 85 90% of the market well, if you're not in the UFC, that means you can't be a top guy. You can't, it's almost impossible to rise. That would be my, that'd be my simple argument for, not, or simple case I'd make. And, but uh, I'm not, I think that is the simple case to make, but I'm not 100% the foreclosure rate of other promotions and graph. You know, I, I, you could do a much simpler graph. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, have, you also have the great Joe Silva line we own MMA. Well what are you talking about there, Joe? Right? After you buy a strike <laughs> first, you want what are you kinda of getting at there, Mr. Silva?
1: Yeah, speaking of Joe Silva, does anybody heard if he's you know, there was that hearing where they had to I don't I don't think they went to Virginia, but did they, they did. did they, they do it?
2: Huh? Oh, I thought oh no, I I forgot. I thought they went to Virginia, but maybe they did not. I think
1: they might have just done it uh um Zoom. uh via like Zoom or something, but um Do you guys know if he's whatever's going on with him? He's better. If he'll actually be at trial or anything? He's sick. I, 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 it's it. The impression I got was he was sick in some way or something like that. Is he gonna be called
2: to testify?
3: I can't imagine he wouldn't. So, isn't there a rule? Like, you have to be within a certain range to be forced to testify if you no, don't you want subpoena to. somebody. You could subpoena somebody. Yeah, you could subpoena, but I think for these, if I remember, right, there's like a mile rule or some bizarre thing that you have a um, limit to how far away you, if you're beyond a certain so. point, you don't have to show up.
2: Well, they could, they would have to accommodate you. I mean, they're not going to make you pay to fly out. Yeah. So I think they they could subpoena you and they, they would have to reason, reasonably accommodate you uh you could always i heard i heard you could not uh, abide by a subpoena that's what i heard i don't know if they you know where you know, have we seen I, that
1: happen you, you
2: know, i don't know i you don't have to but um, uh you know um uh i've been subpoenaed i had to i had to go to miami uh really that, yeah well that was a bigger thing. In, you know, uh, testifying. You know, I, I can't talk about it. anyway. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. Isn't isn't Rule forty five a, a hundred mile limit? Um that that is true, that is true. But I'm not quite sure at uh, for trial testimony how that would work out because you do ha- there is reasonable accom- uh you do have to have reasonable accommodations. But subpo- subpoenaing people doesn't always work, as we know um and I don't know if the that 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 uh mile limit would uh would be here would occur in this particular instance. Um, you know, so I, so to, so yes. Some people might not even show up. They might just introduce his deposition testimony. He would he dep- was deposed, so they might introduce his deposition testimony or at least portions of it uh, as evidence. I don't know if that gets read into the record or they just kind of just here you go. Um, and, uh, but uh, I think that it helps the jury to at least have someone live testify. Um, so I don't know if it's Zufa that brings them in to testify or they just avoid that, uh, that thing from all happening, but it would, uh, it would be much more persuasive to have someone in person than for jurors to read a transcript. Right.
1: Mm. Mm. I would think he would be there since he's a defense witness for the UFC, I would think he would be there just to help them out, but or try to help them out, but who knows? we'll see um all right so what do you guys think uh, john let's go to you what what do you think will be like from your perspective what's the key for the plaintiffs as they go into trial what do you think will be keys for them
3: in the, is they get into the trial yeah i mean on all these things it's always jury selection do you get the right Jury members, you know, do you get, do you get, they, it's down to it. In fact, I, I think I've read somewhere once that uh, the jury selection is almost everything. Do you get people that are going to vote for you or not? Have you done the, have you done all the tests and mock juries and all that stuff and find out what type, what demographic are you going to be racist and eliminate certain ethnicities because you know, they won't vote for you. You know, that's the, that's the key. <laughs> yes, that's true. But that's true. It's all down to, they, they know they have it down to us that we cannot select. Hispanic women over the age of fifty because they hate this type of thing and you know you just, they they have it down it's a they have it down to a science so that's number one number two I think after that is then is explaining these simplifying explaining these complex ideas in a way because uh, one of the things you're gonna have to do is explain to the jury that what the why everybody does what the UFC did other promotions buy up promotions other promotions have the same contracts the UFC does all that stuff. Uh, why is it wrong? That the UFC did it. That's, that's a hurdle you have to get over. And it's, uh, in some ways it's not hard to explain, but in other ways if that they, if they don't do a good job, people might not grasp it and just sit there and go, why are we, you know, what did they do wrong that all the other, then when other promotions are doing the same thing, I mean, do you, do you agree with that or not? Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs>
1: No, no. I but but we can play off the jury thing really quick and I, I actually asked Jason a question cuz then the that day in court they were talking about they were doing all the housekeeping stuff and one of them was their challenges and the one thing I was wondering about they were like they're like three challenges per side back and forth on the challenges if you skip one you lose it. Do you have any idea what the hell that means, Jason?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So um first of all, cleaning up John was right regarding the subpoena. Uh, uh rule 45 says it only is uh, complies with within a hundred miles of where the person resides, employed, or is regularly transacts business in person. So Look, I'm going to hold that over you for the rest of my yeah, life. I but know. I was right about this. And... <laughs> it's called practice for a reason, John. Oh, okay. It's so... Just practice, not oh. not. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that is true. But so I don't know if Silva will come anyway. Um, they can probably. I mean, I think it's up to Zufa if he comes, but and it comes to the to trial. But um, so yes, so um, I have do- chosen juries before in my litigation practice, and so is this a twelve or six person jury?
3: Uh, I think eight. eight. Is it eight. Eight, eight
1: with four alternates?
2: So what will they'll have is they'll bring in a herd of people, Las Vegas residents, um, and they'll have like what you say, eight. So they'll have like a group of twenty people there sitting in the courtroom. There'll be randomly there'll be eight pers- people sitting in the jury box, and so you get uh, preemptory challenges. So that's the three, and then you get uh, strikes for cause. Uh, I'm not, and I forget how what that what that rule is. But the preemptory challenges, which you guys are ta- what you're talking about, is that you'll go down the line and you'll ask questions of everybody. And mainly of the people that are in the box, okay? And the people that are closer to the box. Uh, And ask them questions about the case. And if you like somebody, you want to keep them. The other side will, you know, they'll get the whole thing too. So like uh, you'll see, or w- when you go to court, those they'll, they'll have probably a printout of like and they'll write them down and they'll get their general information, how old well they are, things like that, what their occupation is. And then they'll ask these people questions, mainly of the people in the box, uh, or, or like they'll ask general questions, like, is anyone work for a com bo- in a boxing industry or MMA industry? People raise their hand, those people will be out. Um,
1: well, but, uh, I'll interrupt you really quick, Jason, they're doing a questionnaire in advance. So they'll know some of those things already.
2: Okay. So they, yeah, so they did the questionnaire anyway, the preemptory challenges, they will det- um, and I, I guess plaintiffs go first. I don't know. I forget how that works, but they'll go through, uh, and judge will ask you like Juror number one. And, um, if they say, okay, we're Okay and then plaintiffs are okay. Zufa, defendants are okay. Juror one stays on the jury. Juror two, plaintiffs say, no, we don't hate, we don't like that guy. We'll strike juror two, and then, uh, then he'll be gone. And then the, so the juror two will be gone. Mm-hmm. Everybody moves up the box. Uh, everybody moves up and then they'll, they'll keep going. Juror three, is everyone okay with juror three? Defendants, Zufa goes, we don't want juror three. And then so so on and so forth. So, um, that's how it will go. So, like every, so each side get usually gets three, and once they say, sometimes you don't even have to like like you were saying they 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 may skip them because I have not. I there was there's been times I haven't used all of my challenges and just go. I like who who's in there. Let's go with these people. So it's just isn't that fucking weird how they just kind of just decide that just like if you you walk into the you walk in oh i mean it could be alphabetical whatever but you just walk in and you sit you sit where you sit and it's like fuck i'm on the jury because i i decided to come in for into the room first <laughs> does that make does that make what was the skip it lose it that, that's the part i still yeah, want... so they'll ask you okay juror 2 you like juror 2 yeah i like him he looks like he's going to he's going to side with me and, and, uh, Zufa goes, yeah. Okay. We'll skip it. We'll sco- is two is in three, you know, so, so I think they, I think that's what they mean. Skip it or lose oh, it because okay. then, then maybe you lose your challenge because you're, you're going down the line, um, they can also say I forgot what it's called, but the challenge for cause saying this guy's a motherfucking racist or you know <laughs> something like you know I don't or or he's old you know or um I I was actually on a jury selection where there was uh for some reason who are the doctors that do the anesthesia an anesthesiologists anesthesiologists get an automatic pass they don't even have to say listen, I got, I got operating at six 30. You're on, Oh, go, you got to go. You got to go. We can't, sorry, go, go. Um, so, (laughs) you know, that's, you know, that's how it kind of is. I will tell you my one funny story about choosing a jury and I had to like, so I did the thing where you ask questions it was a personal injury case where I represented the personal injury person. And so, I was asking questions about, you know, how many people you have insurance? And like, so there's a guy that was like in seat number two. No, no. uh, Yeah, seat number, no, seat number three. And he, I heard him under his breath say, man, these guys always fuck you over or something like that. He said something like that. What? So um, what happened was the other side got rid of the defendant, the juror number two. And so the juror number two left, and I waited until juror number three got up, got his bag, got up, went down, sat down, and then I motherfucking struck him. I said, "He can go." And so <laughs> that guy sat down, got all comfortable, and then I made him and- leave. <laughs> <laughs> the are oh. you taking
1: the little things <laughs> it still brings jason joy to this day
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's so funny it's so funny because <laughs> uh, he was all ready to He's like i'm ready to go i got my stuff do i <laughs> okay and you're gone <laughs> get out of here get out of here <laughs> and i just remember just like i'm gonna shuffle my papers and then i'm gonna say it just just <laughs>
3: Just to fuck with this guy.
2: <laughs> anyway, sorry, I gotta move move on. What what, what else were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Things things that you if you were the plaintiffs or defendants. Oh, be so
2: about. yes, so like John was saying, I think one of the things that's going to be hard for the jury, uh, for the attorneys, is explaining all of this, all of this stuff. Uh, to jurors, because to be honest with you, I don't even know all of this stuff. So. If they could put it into terms that just a, a person you ha you meet at the coffee shop, yeah, I mean, an intelligent person. Not, I'm not trying to say mouth breathing dummy, but I'm just trying to say, just a guy like he. I'm Mr. So and So. I have a desk job. I make good I make a good amount of money. Uh, what's this whole thing about the business here? I mean, what's the regression? Tell me about this. Hmm. You know, so they're gonna have to break it down without. And like, again, these these attorneys are pros, but sometimes they get caught up in their worlds and they know, but they can't explain. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting for that. And then obviously, I think that one of the other things why people don't want to go to trial is because one, the cost two you don't know. You could be, I mean, for the, cl- it's more pressure for the clients because they're, they're the ones with their, you know, business livelihood expectations on the line here. The attorneys, they don't want to lose, but again, it could be just the jurors didn't like that guy's sweater i mean or the guy the guy's tie all the time he's just you know he's just an asshole in court he just seems so mean, you know that kind of stuff. people pick up on things like that so um and and they they will tune out things if it's not if if they cannot if people cannot explain it in layman's terms, so I think that becomes a a a huge uh thing uh you know will that will Dana White testify that'll be an interesting thing if he does it'll be very limited it won't they won't fluster him he's a very very um cagey guy um they tr- will probably try not to make him look sleazy or you know like if you like watch his videos where he's playing Blackjack when he's losing tens of thousands <laughs> of dollars and it's like oh what, here's another ten thousand you know they they don't want <laughs> They, the jury, the Zufer doesn't want the jury to think he's that guy. They want to see him as a hardworking guy who brought up this business. So I think uh, uh, personalizing and characterizing the witnesses will be another important thing. So I think from that perspective, those, those two kind of are the big things. Um, everything else that the litigators will do is, you know, stuff that they, that's, they get paid the big bucks for. So there you go.
1: Paul. Yeah. Me? What? I mean, it again, I'm coming you're... at it from a more of an expert witness perspective, but for me, the plaintiffs the plaintiffs need to, you know, focus on the things that they can easily communicate and and hope that the jury doesn't appreciate the the details. Because what can you easily communicate? The the wage share differences are are easy to present. And dramatic right we, we, based on the comparators that um zimbalist and, and singer have used the wage share comparisons the market share numbers just look so bad right um the percentage of a fighter career that's locked up when you focus on those things when you just hammer those home and and and, and tug on people's heartstrings and try, and drive those home right but uh and, and then from the ufc perspective they need to focus on what the, the elements of the plaintiff's case that don't make sense. You, you mean, okay, the, the whole, your whole case hinges on this model that says when you win your fight, you don't make extra money. We all know that's ridiculous, right? A jury can understand that. Um, right? What are the competitors saying they need to get the, comp- right? The idea is competitors are being foreclosed. And from what we've seen in depositions, I think there was only one competitor who really had bad statements. I think it was Kurt Otto, I believe. Um, all the others were like, no, we're fine. We're all good, right? Hammer those home. They're supposed to be foreclosed. They're saying they're all good, right? 10 month careers. How are you foreclosing competitors with 10 month careers? That doesn't make it right. And then if they can, it gets nerdy, but like, They'll be talking about wage share, but they'll be like, okay, where's the academic support? Show me exactly where it says that. Show me where that was used in an academic article because it's not there. So, um, the, um uh, that's why I'm saying it depends on what the jury will appreciate. It's easy to see wage share differences, market share differences, how long a, a fighter is locked up in their career. Um, but the UFC has some things they can focus on too. And, and one of the easiest for a jury to comprehend will come, I we'll come back to all the time is that okay, <laughs> you win your fight, you don't make extra money. That makes absolutely no sense um so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I have no idea, right you're presenting this to a jury of eight regular people uh so and how many of them have to vote uh yes to uh to convict? All
3: of them. it has to be unanimous, but it only has to be one of the the judge i guess will break down the the different components the charges like they did do they do this do they do this do they do that? and if you don't have to be unanimous on all of them. You just have to be unanimous on one of those. On
1: one of the state uh, of the jury questionnaire, or the yeah. called verdict form.
3: Yeah. yeah, one of them. They all have to be unanimous on one of the one of the things they're claiming that the UFC did to monopolize the industry, or mono, you know, mm. gain monopoly power. So they, I don't know how many they're going to be. I don't know what the what they're going to be, but that's the that's the rules of the. Jury trial, though. No. So, so, so this, it's it's some yeah. ways it seems harder because it's like, God, do you need anonymous. So there was like, oh, you got multiple to go through, and maybe you can get one where everybody's like, yeah, they did that. Yeah. So that's it's why. A preponderance too. It's a preponderance too. Yeah.
2: Fifty-one percent. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, if you think of that that way. So, I mean, more. I mean, you know. So this is why people. Uh, uh, this is why people don't want to go to go to trial because of, it's, it's the ultimate risk. Steal. I mean, like, you know, like like John was saying, like, you could prove you could be outstanding and prove your case, get everything that you wanted to get in, you hit all the points, you know, lock them down on cross examination, but there'll be one thing that'll. Unravel all of your good.
1: One person that you. hates
3: bald people. Yeah, I mean, you got Dana White and Joe Rogan there, and you're like, God, we didn't know that. We <laughs> didn't.
2: Well,
1: <laughs> of all the
3: things, they hate that. bald people. There, I was, I was a,
2: I was a contestant on Fear Factor, and fuck that Joe Rogan, that guy.
3: Yeah, you didn't. That realize, made me eat yeah. a tarantula. <laughs> that's that. You just, you're the defendants the same way. I just don't, you know. Uh, don't
2: uh, it's
1: interesting that in this whole entire case the name joe rogan has never i I don't think he's ever come up at all in anything i don't i I know he's not an executive there but you would think somehow some way he would be in something
3: You named after the celebrity you know you're trying to we're trying to boost the q rating of the case so we're trying to No, Pretty but in enough. one of the text,
1: in one of the text messages or something. No, no. One of the pro text from the fertitas.
3: Well, well what are they? What about um the um how important do you think what is it? The in lemonade, In lemonade though? Motion uh, in lemonade. Yeah, motion lemonade. What do you is that how is that do you see them striking evidence at all or does the judge that's, kind that's of? That's what everyone, I'm saying. That's yeah. that's that, that's what I'm saying. That's that becomes the motion eliminates
2: the limiting instructions. Yeah. I mean the limiting motions will be before. Like it be
3: at the pretrial hearing yeah. before the case starts, so that's I where well, it's already. We, I got, we got it's on the calendar somewhere where, where Paul posted yeah, the motion, yeah. yeah.
2: So they, they're going to have to discuss the the motions and see what if they're going to exclude evidence. But a mm-hmm. lot, I, I mean, if we are to base our uh assumptions on what's been currently going on with Judge Boer, it looks like he's gonna just let it let it roll, bring everything in. There have been times, like I said. Where the judge will just rule at the time that you introduce the evidence, like he'll, he'll see what's going on, and then he'll decide whether or not the evidence will come in at that point. That's why the litigators have to be on their ball with, with everything, with, with, with whatever is coming up when they're introducing things, and they're going to have to state their grounds for their evidentiary objection uh so we assume we assume basically the limiting emotions and limini will probably be denied no matter what they will be um just because Bullware just wants to play it by ear i could understand that i i i i could understand judges allowing things but and it, in the same light it is very frustrating If you're a litigator, when you see some of these things coming in simply because a lot of the stuff is egregious, a lot of the stuff is completely, you could have a case and say, look, here, judge, this case says you can't have it in. And then you'll have the judge say, "Mm, let's just see what goes on. Let's just see. Let's just see. Okay. I mean, that's the, I mean, we talking about we football was on today. I mean, it's the ultimate punt. You just say, oh, let's just wait. Let's just wait and see what, how this works out. Let, let me hear your arguments at that time. You know, maybe we'll have a whole recess where we'll, we'll decide that at the, that point. A lot of judges will just kind of like push that off just to see how the case is going and what, how, the, the, how the plaintiff's or the defendant's case that, that they put on will, will be and see whether or not they even need the evidence um, or whether or not it's relevant. That, that's one of the reasons why they wait. But again, you know, some of the stuff you just say, this is egregious. This can't come in. We can't have this. This is this is ridiculous, and they'll they, that's where you say, hey, the judge has got to stop this before this turns into a, a complete circus. I mean, the only thing that I've seen him exclude was the the Zupa's uh, Zupa's late uh, late arriving expert, and you know, I guess maybe that was Zupa just see, maybe perhaps seeing if what they could get away with.
3: Hmm. I just you were bringing up earlier about how it's a crapshoot with the the jury, though, and i, I makes mean, you thinking we're right, Zupa's tactic of uh delaying really paid off because um if this case had been tried let's say 2018 before the espn deal this uh would have been an existential threat case because you'd still have uh you would have uh, injunctive relief on the table and we know injunctive relief how important it is because the you know the zoo attorney isaacson said you know as long as that's not on the table it doesn't affect our business model our stock price should not be hurt no matter the damages um but you'd have
0: To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcasts and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-A-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview shows, the 6th Round Post Fight show, the show money podcast and the MMA depressed us.